When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mm-hmm. I feel and I and I know that um you know we're we're spirit bodies we're energy that's moving through this entire universe and we just happen to land here on this planet for for doing what we need to do for the universe of what's going on here mm-hmm. and it always surprises me and puts me back into reality when we look at how small we are on the planet earth and then compare that to the other planets compare that to our un- to the galaxy and then our universe and then the expansiveness of it all and so i know that we're not designed to just be here and here alone like yeah. we are energy beings moving about the universe and through different realms and i'm sure mm-hmm. even here on this earth we don't have the senses or tools to be able to see or feel the other things that are going on around us as we are sitting here. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My 7 Chakras, my7chakras.com, the place where we help you calm your mind, relax your nervous system, and experience deep states of bliss. In today's episode, we're going to do, in fact, we are doing a very special in person live recording in Vancouver. And as many of you know, that's a trend that we are heading in. We're doing We're still doing the digital uh, live streams on YouTube and Facebook, but for the most part, my intention is to meet more and more amazing people in Vancouver and be able to do these amazing in-person sessions along with some shared experiences, whether it's sound healing or cold exposure or breath work like we did prior to starting today. So I hope you are Uh, ready for some amazing content, amazing stories that I'm about to embark on. We're going to be talking about entrepreneurship, 
um going through challenges in life we're going to be talking about consciousness and sound healing and uh, everything in between so if you like our show if you like our podcast if you like what we do then make sure that you hit the subscribe button make sure that you hit follow and uh, because that does something to the algorithm i don't know what it is but it helps people helps itunes let more people know that you're enjoying the show so make sure that you hit subscribe make sure you hit follow and remember make sure that you write us a rating and review because again that helps us spread the word and get more people listening to my seven chakras with that being said i want to introduce you to my special guest for today henrietta divine an alchemist futurist executive coach and company founder Henrietta is committed to increasing the natural vibration of being she brings awareness to you thought leaders change makers healers light workers visionaries to embody your energetic frequency so that you may live vibrantly in alignment with your truthful being with joyful harmony first deeply rooting your relationship and attuning with the rhythms of mother nature and then creating space to go beyond dimensions we are not yet aware of henrietta has the ability to recognize her next calling and take inspired action with faith trusting her skills and abilities to turn inspiration into a living reality she's also the founder and owner of this amazing space over here which is the sound space in vancouver first and only sound healing center using crystal tone singing bowls supporting the endocrine system sound space portal is the energy wellness care facility that focuses on the valuable knowledge and distinct quality of attention our practitioners take when guiding through a session recognizing these ancient practices with a modern implementation so I hope that was exciting enough action tribe people who are listening to our podcast from around the world. I hope you're ready. And welcome Henrietta. It's so nice to well I can't see have you because I'm in your place <laughs> but have you on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Uh in this space, the space is actually called the nest. The nest where we okay. nourish, evoke and serve together. So it's a pleasure to have you here. Amazing. It's great to be here as well. Today as we record it's a beautiful day in Vancouver. It was nice and sunny a while back and it's still nice. Uh, it's just a bit more cloudy over here and we can see the beautiful mountains in the backdrop. Which mountains are these again? I keep getting it wrong all the time. This one here is Grouse. You can see Grouse here. Grouse. Cypress is way over to the left and Seymour way over to the right there. Awesome. Yeah, I love I love Grouse Mountain Action Tribe. If you're ever here in Vancouver, then that's a challenge that you should take up. You know, <laughs> hike the Grouse Mountain, and I love how they've structured it all. Right, the Grouse Mountain yes. is epically hard. It's difficult, especially on your knees. And if you're not used to doing a lot of hikes, it's almost like vertical. But then towards the end, there's a nice um, there's a nice uh, brewery or there's, there's a nice cafe on top, right, where you yes. can have a beer and just relax and and reward yourself and enjoy oh. the view and enjoy the view. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So Henrietta, I mean, I'm excited to talk, to talk about Me all too. the uh, you know different topics that we had uh, discussed about. But we like to go to the very start. Okay. Where were you born and brought up? I was born and raised here in Vancouver, BC, um, and then I grew up in the suburbs of Vancouver, North Delta, in this beautiful home at the end of the cul-de-sac with a big yard, uh, chickens, and a backyard garden. And the kids in the neighborhood would come and play in the cul-de-sac and in our yard. So it was the most idyllic way to grow up as a kid. 
That's amazing. And uh, what was your childhood like? My childhood was wonderful. I when I think back about um the experiences that my parents wanted us to have, one of them was to ensure that we traveled, that we got to see um how they grew up in their countries. So my mom's from the Philippines and my dad's from Fiji and they would make it um every other summer to get to one of these places and then in between those summers was road trips either throughout the states or throughout Canada. So our summers were spent um you know experiencing the world the best way that they can help navigate us through it and it's been interesting to to see that as as a kid um and not realizing that not many people have this opportunity to be able to go and travel so freely um not only within their own country but neighboring countries and then to international countries as well that is amazing i think from a karmic standpoint you landed a lottery to have parents <laughs> from such scenic locations like philippines and fiji i've been yeah. always wanting to go to fiji myself and i know that tony robbins has got like a luxury mansion oh, or something right? there right right right, right. <laughs> but ha- have heard some good things about these two places over the years and uh, like you put right travel does something to us mm-hmm. intrinsically and um, a lot of times maybe it's not so much about where you're going right but the experiences that you're having along the way it's Absolutely. not about the destinations it's about the journey yeah. and just like bilbo baggins i always get excited right it's the moment i'm about to travel do mm-hmm. do do you relate to that right oh of course the moment you're about to sit uh, maybe in the car or maybe in the airport that excitement about yeah. not knowing what's going to happen like this little bit uncertainty yes. but excitement as well yes. that sort of uh, i want to have more of yeah agreed <laughs> right 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 All right, so you had a lot of uh, travels and experiences growing up. And what did you want to become as a kid? Oh my gosh. <laughs> This without a doubt hands down I was going to be a lawyer. Like right from when I was little. And went through all the schooling and university and ensuring that my grades were high. Um and you know, my parents were proud. They're like, "My daughter's going to be a lawyer." And I started getting into the environment of where more minds were practicing law and quite quickly i was like this is not my people this isn't how could you possibly continue to defend someone knowing that they have done something wrong and to to be in conversation or essentially arguments where they're trying to prove that they're right and i get it that is that is how it's designed to be but it was not for me and it went against every fiber of my being and so immediately <laughs> i was like sorry mom and dad this is not what i'm going to be doing certainly uh with the apparel brand that wasn't what i had planned either um i've done lots of i was in the corporate world sales and operations built out erp systems for an international company that was merging into north america and designing uh all of the systems and SOPs to ensure that how someone picks up the phone to how a product is ordered the parts and pieces that were ordered the timing into manufacturing how it got shipped how it got delivered and the follow up to all of that was a big part of my life in ensuring the foundations of an organization was intact so that structurally and foundationally they would be able to operate and then from that operations be super efficient and then find efficiencies and continue to fine tune all of right. that. 
right. That is very, very exciting. So my question is, what did you, like obviously you heard about the not so good part about being a lawyer, mm-hmm. right? And that sort of made you decide that I don't want to go down that route. But mm-hmm. what, did, what excited you about being a lawyer in the first place as a child? Oh, the excitement was like to uphold the law, to to give that that freedom or that right to those who couldn't for themselves. And even afterwards, like I was telling, I was like, well, I want to get into social work and help families and small children to get out of the, the hardships that they're facing and to make life better for them. And, or to be a nurse. My mom was a nurse. And he said, my dad, I remember telling him, he said, those are probably the two most difficult occupations to not be recognized or acknowledged for the hard work that they do. And they take the most amount of crap from everybody that's around them. And he's like, I don't want that for you. Yeah, that's very, very, very uh, interesting because I'm sure people who are not living under a rock are familiar <laughs> with the recent case that happened with Johnny Depp, right? And I'm sure there are many small children now who want to become lawyers, seeing mm, yeah. all the publicity, irrespective of who was right or wrong, but just seeing that this was in the news and maybe their parents were talking about this case, mm-hmm. a lot of children might be like, I want to be a lawyer. Mm. So, you know. <laughs> well, something she did really well is that she powerfully stood up against... Not when someone wasn't answering her her question directly, right? Mm. And to say, that's not what I asked you, or that's not what we're talking about right now. And to have that firm boundary is not something that we see a lot of women being able to do. And for her to do it in such a public space, in such a powerful way, you look at that and go, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to have that strength and ability to stand up and have my boundaries listen to and be very clear about what those boundaries are. And so for many young women and women in general to be able to step into that power and say, this is who I am. This is what I'm asking. This is the clarity that I'm asking from you and give that to me directly without a runaround story and without games. So for that, I love that she demonstrated in that way. And so, yes, if, if young women can see that and say, I want to be able to have that skill absolutely get into that practice. And if law is the way that you go about doing it, then yes, please go do that. Very, very true. Especially I know there are a lot of uh, families and parents that listen to this podcast with their children also. Oh, fantastic. That was one of the best uh, testimonials I've received. There was this one mom who said, you know, me and my children listen to your podcast all the time, right? So it's interesting how the conversations that we have, you know, the media, everything at all, these days influences children mm. because they're witnessing, they're watching and mm-hmm. they're observing and they're implementing. So the other thing I wanted to mention also is your focus on SOPs, right? Standard yeah. operating <laughs> procedures. I think yes. that is the most critical thing that any business should have is standard operating procedure, Absolutely. especially people who are listening to this podcast right now. If you are wanting to start a business or if you're thinking about starting a business then you got to have your standard operating procedure because that is one thing that will prevent you from working in your business to yeah. working on your business yeah. right yeah. yeah yeah and not only does it help you stay focused on right. what your business structure is yeah when you start to grow it's easy to hand off that sop to your hiree exactly and say this is the exact order and steps that you need to follow yeah there isn't anything that you should be doing off track of this 
And if there is something off track of it, come to me, let's talk about it in a meeting so we can see where the efficiencies are. Because maybe I've been blindsided and didn't see where something is and you with fresh eyes can help with that. But the moment that you know that there's a certain order to something, write it down. And even if you're starting out, just like, how did I place an order for business cards? Now, take that word business cards, how do I place an order for fill in the blank? And even that system of recognizing what is the order that you do something is an SOP. It becomes your uh, order of operations for yourself and then for anybody else. And then it just makes things much more easier. That's very true. So personally, do you use a particular software to document this or are you using Word or some other? Uh, Quite often, just doing a Word document. Excel does really well because you have all your columns, right? And so you can put little check marks next to them as they're completed. Um, there's a lot of tools out there that make it really simple. And if you can keep them all in one place, even better. And then afterwards, when you have the, the time, because now you've become efficient, you can go back and make it look pretty, right? You don't need to do it right off the bat or stall yourself from finding the most beautiful template out there that's to continue on with your work. That's a that's a later problem. That's a later problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Action Tribe, I hope you are getting some useful <laughs> knowledge today about entrepreneurship because I understand and I realize that if you are maybe somebody who wants to make an impact in the world and help people heal or help people transform, and if you want to do it through the vehicle of entrepreneurship, mm. then you got to be a good entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. Because that is allowing you to make a greater impact. And so this particular discussion that we're having is very relevant especially for those and i know many of you are out there that during the pandemic for one reason or the other you had this inkling that you had this idea or this realization or maybe this epiphany that i need to start a business yes right yeah so speaking about you how did you get that uh, realization that you wanted to start a business right what what was (laughs) happening in your life when did this happen tell us Um, about it so for, for on both occasions Uh, very much into my wellness practice, excuse me. So my physical practice of ensuring that I have movement. Uh, I personally like yoga. I like hot yoga, hatha yoga, ashtanga yoga, vinyasas. So there's a physical practice. I also like dancing. So any type of movement, depending on my mood, it could be just swaying in the kitchen while I'm making dinner, or it could be a full on stomping my feet on the ground. But having a physical practice that moves energy through my body is a big part of it. Second is what is my, how am I feeling emotionally? Am I happy? Am I thinking good thoughts? So mentally as well. So having that physical, emotional, mental wellness intact that allowed me to have a stronger meditation practice. And so uh, the beginning of Tagalon, I was in a moment of, well, I'm not going back to my corporate job. I think a lot of us are there again now. I'm not going back to my corporate job. What is it that I need to do? What is it that I can be doing now? And how is it that I'm serving humanity at a greater extent? And it was in this moment of between sleep. So I'm not fully sleeping. I'm not awake either. Everything about my brand came to me. I knew the colors, I knew the texture, I knew the, the fabric and materials, I knew where I was going to get them. And I'm, I'm not a clothing designer, I'm not in graphic design, but everything about it felt already done, already done through my hands. And so when I woke up, 
immediately I was like, I must take action on this. And what was interesting along the journey is that, so for Tegulan, it's a apparel brand, we, we design and print t-shirts that are play on food and garden words, and we educate children about urban agriculture. So it says things like, don't kill my vibe, this is my jam, cultivate, plant a seed. And, I'm, and I realized that a lot of what it, these graphics were that I was designing were things that came from my childhood, were things that I found joy and pleasure in. So being outside in the backyard with my grandfather and picking sweet peas off the vine and eating strawberries that were from our backyard and getting to them before the slugs do and getting my hands dirty and planting seeds. So all of these were very, uh, you would say, like a core memory that was enjoyable. And the proceeds of the sales of this apparel can go back to educating children. Because now, here I am, a child living in Vancouver in the city, that has come from generations and generations of farmers on both sides of my family, where they've owned land, they've been tilling the earth, they've been growing food, they've been taking care of their families and their communities. And who am I to come to the city and all of a sudden have all of that lost on me? No, that cannot be the case. So bringing in that cultural, that ancient wisdom into our teaching program and into remembering, like, what is it that brought me the most joy? And from that joy, be able to learn the ropes of entrepreneurship and just follow the promptings that I'm asked to go and be a part of and trusting that this is where I'm going to be because I've already felt that sensation of it being done through my hands in those downloads that I got. Um, and so that was probably 10 years ago. There's two years of research and eight years as a company. And so now we're in the eighth year. Um, of doing that. And then with Soundspace Portal, it's the same thing. Here I have these bowls that I enjoy playing. Um, I enjoy it. My clients enjoy them. I now have space for it. Maybe I'll bring some friends and family in and see if they like the sound and receiving sound baths. Let's open it up to even more friends. And sure enough, the more invitation of offering a sound bath experience with these crystal tone sound bowls, the more and more it became real and reminded me again of that, Henrietta, I've shown you what it is that you are asked to do as your calling here, as your vocation here on this earth, and this is how it's going to be done, and trusting that process. And so it's much easier to trust this process a second time around with Soundspace Portal because I've gone through it before and I've seen the results the first time around. And I can see the results again the second time around. And so to trust that the unfolding happens much faster. There's a big component of being an entrepreneur and trusting the process and trusting yourself through that. And what I'm what I'm seeing and what I'm what I'm seeing from from entrepreneurs that are starting up is this learning how to trust and the learning how to trust within yourself first. And if you haven't trusted yourself, it even comes down to the simple thing of, well, you've said it, that this is what you're going to do. Are you following through on that? And the follow through through the action starts to build that trust within yourself. I can go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. 
Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Uh, no, that, that's awesome. And I know I like that you emphasize on, um, you know, trusting yourself and not just trusting yourself, but saying what you do, doing what you said you would do, right? Following through is, uh, is so important. And a lot of times, especially if you're a solo entrepreneur, it becomes hard, right? Because mm-hmm. there's no boss. And uh, maybe <laughs> your peers are all doing a nine to five job or something like that. You don't have somebody to push yourself. Yeah. And a lot of times, maybe it's just that inner voice that remind you to keep doing what you said you would do but also connect with your vision Mm -hmm. and really trust yourself because it can be hard right Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship is full of uncertainty Mm -hmm. a lot of times and metaphorically it might seem as if you're jumping off the quote-unquote ship in the middle of the ocean with ice frigid waters and so the question is like do you jump or do you not jump and if you jump and then you test the waters and realize it's too deep. Can you come back on the board? Right. Right? There's, there's no rules, right? There are yeah. so many different ways in which you can look at entrepreneurship. But I feel there's a lot of growth as well that comes Absolutely. as a process of entrepreneurship. And I love that you pose the question, do I jump, do I not jump? Because in every decision that you're going to make, there is never a wrong answer. It is not wrong. Just choose one and go. And what you'll find is that you will learn, if you don't know already, even more skill that will get you back onto where you need to go, yeah. right? So there's no wrong decision. Just just go. Yeah. And here's the other thing. If that, if that calling is truly meant for you, it will always come back, yeah. right? Even if you think that, I'm like, I made this decision, I need to stick with it, it will guide you right back to where you need to go and no one is going to take that away from you. No one has been given that calling other than you. And if you don't believe that, then the universe will say, okay, well, you don't believe it. I'm going to give it to somebody else who does. That's, that's very true as well. You know, the universe is sort of what I found is like a custodian of ideas. Custodian and the use. of ideas. Right? It's a good <laughs> a word, right? Word, yeah. Like a custodian. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it's a custodian. Um, I'm sorry. You are the custodian. The universe is full of resources sure. and abundance and whatever yeah. you need, finances and people and connections, right? And it's looking for that custodian, which might be you, mm. so that you can be the conduit of that ideas that can bring, bring it into fruition. But right. because what, what's the universe going to do? It's, it's not, it can't send fairies or some other imaginary beings. Maybe it does, okay? <laughs> but if I look at a fairy right now, especially if I'm not used to seeing imaginal creatures, sure. and I'm, but then I find a lot of times the universe gets it, its work done through human beings. Yes. And whatever process that might be through meditation, through downloads, through you know, breath work, or just some random mystical encounter with a human being, once you receive that idea, then you become the custodian of that idea. Right. And I love that you mentioned that, you know, 
uh, I think you implied that life works in cycles. Yes. If it didn't happen this time, that cycle is always going to come back and then you have another opportunity to jump. But now mm-hmm. you're not the same person anymore. You've got perspective, you've got skills, you've got mm-hmm. maybe you've got different connections and now it's a better fit for you mm-hmm. to make that jump. So that's, uh, that's very interesting. Now, you mentioned that through Tagulan, you want children to know where their food is coming from. Mm-hmm. And you want, to, you want them in a way to be connected with farming or the process of you know, bringing food yeah. to the table. So tell me more about that. Yeah. And how do you, how do you go about doing that? Um, one of the things right off the bat in the, in the early days was I was in a backyard garden I was tilling the soil. I was pulling carrots from the ground. And this three-year-old comes running up and is like, oh, that thing's covered in dirt. Mm. I'm like, yeah, it's covered in dirt. That's mm. where carrots grow, in the ground. Come, mm. get your hands in the dirt. There's other things here for you to discover. Right. The look on his face just lit up, super excited, about to get his hands in the dirt. And mom comes running over and says, no, 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 stop. Get your hands out of there. Don't touch that. I don't want you to get dirty. Mm. And this child went from pure joy, amusement, wonder, to all of a sudden fear, a little bit of resentment, because now mom's pulling him away from what he wanted to do. I thought, this is really interesting. Here is... Here's one, he didn't know that a carrot grew in the ground or that right. potatoes grew in the ground. Yeah. And if you look around, and again, like this was nine, almost 10 years ago. If you go to a grocery store now, you don't see children in the grocery store. So what I used to say is that the only time that they would see fruits and vegetables was if they went to the grocery show, store and saw them perfectly stacked on the shelves. They, you know, you would pick the right one. But now you don't even see them in grocery stores to even mm-hmm. see that this is the fruit section. Here's the vegetable section. Here's, yeah. here, you know. And what I found was missing is that if they don't know where their food is coming from, then how would they value the fact that it's part of the planet? Mm-hmm. That the nourishment that they need for their body comes from the earth. Mm-hmm. Right there's that complete disconnect from our connection to Mother Nature, yeah. and so when you understand that food has an impact on your body, you want to nourish your food body with good food. Mm-hmm. And when you understand that good food comes from Mother Nature, you want to ensure that the environment of Mother Nature is taken care of. Right. right? So there's this one, and then the other, and then the other. And so ideally, by getting children outside getting them connected to Mother Nature, getting them to understand what it means to know where food comes from and to nourish our bodies, we would instill these values into them as small children so that as they are growing, they're making choices for themselves, choices for the planet, and choices for a greater whole, for humanity, and start making the changes necessary on a political scale because we're changing the system what they need to do in order to make that possible. That's true. My question is now, when you had this encounter with that child, what were you doing in the farm? Was it your backyard? No, it was just a backyard. That was your backyard? Yeah, yeah, community garden. Yeah. Okay. Um, What was my... I was like, what were you doing there? So it makes sense that you were at the community garden. Uh, That's really really amazing uh, because I think children intuitively are drawn to... Playing in the mud, yeah, 
and getting their hands and clothes and and feet dirty because yes. to them i think intuitively it's not only play but you're interacting with a different species of bacteria not mm-hmm. all bacteria is bad some bacteria actually nourishes us and mm-hmm. they found also and when you eat with your hands or something amazing that happens and your body secretes these yes. hormones that make it more conducive to digest the food right. right so we're missing on that play a lot of times uh, but it's interesting also that some small interaction that you might that a child might have uh can make such an impact in in their life right mm-hmm. and how the mom or dad reacts also can make oh <laughs> a difference because now the child looks at soil as or there's a confirmation bias there saying that you know soil i thought soil might be good but now it's bad right like di- that's dirty right and um, i think there's a lot to say also about how the food is brought to the table i for one i you know to be honest i've not been to a farm okay in vancouver yeah. you know i've not seen the process yet i've been to like a like a winery but that's not really a farm because <laughs> the food that's is post, post enjoyment this was yeah, yeah yeah exactly but i do want to go that's one of my cravings and maybe you can recommend me uh, a farm yeah well actually there's there's um, a potato farm out in abbotsford yeah that has the most best soil really? in all of canada okay and the potatoes that they grow are new skin they have this new skin potato so they don't last as long you yeah. almost as soon as it comes out of the ground you almost have to eat it within 2 to 3 yeah. days um what's unfortunate about this farmland is as with many areas of the lower mainland yeah. developers want to take this land oh. and the farming industry and agricultural industries in BC that I'm aware of and I'm sure around the world as well are having to uh fight against these developers mm-hmm. and the thing that brings them value is the stuff that people are ignoring and the value is that here we have incredible soil yeah soil that will grow food food that is feeding our communities mm. and people aren't paying attention and so if yeah. there aren't enough people paying attention and supporting local farming yeah right where is it going to go it's going to be gone before we know it that's yeah that's that's profound that you put it that way because um i think the the respect that we have for farmers as a community can determine so many different things right absolutely it was this meme recently where you know there was this uh two part meme on the left side people were sitting around the table thanking jesus for their food mm. and on the right side of the meme uh jesus mm-hmm. who's on the farm is like <laughs> i'm glad you like the food <laughs> <Yeah>. right <laughs> so it's just a, like a stupid meme <laughs> but the idea no, is funny. is is to is to uh, the idea that i got from it is sometimes god works through farmers yeah god is in the hands of the farmers because it's so hard right to, to be all there in the sun it's to get your hands in the mm-hmm. in in the soil and a lot of toil and hard work and they don't get enough uh, right uh, uh, thankfulness or even money financially mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the amount of work that they do because mm-hmm. everything is becoming automated right. i want to know what your thoughts are on the whole soil movement that's going on right now right because you've got like people like sadguru save soil all around the world right? yeah. but then you've got vandana shiva <laughs> have you heard you heard of her? <laughs> yes. She's been doing it so many years. Yeah. Well, for some reason she doesn't get all the PR that she Did you need. say she? 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 She doesn't get a lot of PR? Is she is she? she? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Vandana Shiva. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. And I trust her way more yeah. when it comes to soil than Sadhguru. I mean, he might be doing good things, but I feel that yeah. something's amiss over there. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's it's interesting. I I was emphasizing she because it seems that a lot of women who yeah. are in 
incredible fields yeah. of work yeah. do not get recognized. Right? Yeah. Exactly. That's what I thought as yeah. well. And and uh, part of what is coming with changing of society is recognizing the amount of work that female energy brings to any industry. Yeah. And you know, we've we've recently saw it uh, in the news last week the taking away of power mm-hmm. over that a woman has like right. her own her own individual choice and power mm-hmm. and so what's interesting is is as we see that can we recognize the value and the importance that's re, that is needed to be acknowledged and be grateful for and some of that will mean mm-hmm. giving um, women and females and the feminine energy much more acknowledgement through PR, through um, giving them credit where credit is due, yep. right? Versus how it had been done in the old way. It was like, no, that was my idea. Thanks. Yeah, And exactly. I think any woman in a boardroom will know this experience where they've shared an idea. It doesn't get heard. And then, you know, bro down the seat goes, hey, and repeats exactly word for word the idea yep. that you just had. And he gets all the accolades. Yeah. So taking a moment to recognize and be present and listen to what women are saying and what they're asking for. And yeah. we'll circle it back to the lawyer uh, suggestion that you had said before. Because she was on camera in a public space demanding what she's demanding mm-hmm. and how different shift that gave because she was, she was able to do what she does. Right. Um, can be and will be the same effect for women now in any industry that they're in to 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 know what it is that they're talking about to talk about it with strength and clarity and to be heard and acknowledged and be around people who will acknowledge them for the information that they bring forward and not be silenced yeah that's very very true i think uh, in general we all all of us need to be more uh, responsible and intentional mm. with the media that we put out. This is true. Right. Media in itself, yeah. Because right now, each one of us has an opinion on everything. <laughs> <laughs> true. Everyone's got yeah. something to say. Yeah. And I don't think that's wrong. Everyone has an opinion, and that's a good thing. Uh, and the good thing is also everyone might not have the same opinion. Yeah. People might uh, disagree with one another and still uh, learn to understand the other. That's like a nuance. Right? That's a right. skill to be in a, uh, in a table or maybe in a home where mm-hmm. everyone has different different political views, different viewpoints, different perspectives. And I think that's what makes for a community, a city, or a country. Because right. I don't want to be in a place where everyone like is like in an echo chamber and oh, everyone's agreeing no. to the same things. Yeah. Like, why? There's something wrong over here, yeah, right? Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. What would you say was like a turning point in at, at Tagulan? Like, I'm sure there must have been different, you know, different, many. many, right? Yeah. Oh, what would you say that, you know what, that's something I did pretty well. Or that, you know, I'm fortunate that this thing happened. Is there something that comes to your mind right now? Oh, yeah. There is a lot. And, and I'll share this quick story with you because I think, I think it's important when you show up to anything, whether it's, well, I'll, I'll, I'll use my example. I've, I would go to festivals and markets to showcase our product, to sell it, to talk to community. 
And what I noticed that I did very differently from a lot of the other vendors at the market is that I didn't have my phone out, so phone is away. And that with every person that came by, I'm standing off the side, I would look at them and smile. Sometimes it's a hello, right? But being fully present and acknowledging the people that are, have taken the time out of their day to come by and share space with. What's interesting is that because I am present and enjoying the, the products that I'm selling, what I often see is people start walking, they're talking, and they go by the booth and they're like, oh, what's going on over here? I haven't even said anything yet. They just notice that something's different. So they turn and look. They go, oh, there's T-shirts. What are these T-shirts? It's got sayings on them. They come over, they read the sayings, and they go, oh, I say that. I I, I know someone who, who would say that. These are great. What's this about? And I take a moment to share who we are, what we're doing, why we're doing it, engage in a conversation. And they will purchase. They will put their name down for a newsletter. They will come looking for us the next time that we're around. What I found in these interactions is that they're very small, but they're meaningful. And in the meaningful interaction, you build a relationship so it's no longer a transaction. It's like, I'm going to sell you this t-shirt. That's a transaction. I want to connect with you as a human. I want to acknowledge the fact that you've taken a moment now to stop your conversation, to stop your walking, to be present here with me and with the brand, and to feel something that resonates with you. It's that feeling of resonance that sticks with your customers, that builds your community over a long period of time. And so what I didn't realize is the impactfulness of those conversations of just showing up. So the very first time that I started doubting whether or not that I should be doing this, and every entrepreneur will go through this, I get an, um, I get an email from a young man who had been taking photos of my booth at a music festival that we were at in the summertime. And I remember having a conversation with him. He was a great kid, super enthusiastic, loved the apparel. Um, and, then, and then he went about his day and I never saw him again until I read this email. And in his email, he had said that he had been going through a really tough time over the last couple years, so much so that he wanted to uh, end his life. And in the process of getting rid of everything that, that he had and giving away his belongings, he came across a box, and inside of the box were pictures that he had developed of me and the booth and the festival. And what that reminded him of was the joy that he had in his photography. And one last shot before he goes, let me pick up my camera again and see if that brings me the same joy that I had that day of being able to connect with other people, how, in, how much he enjoyed the conversation that we had. And so he had to share that with me because picking up that camera, because he was reminded of the connection that we had, changed his life, literally. And he's doing photography. <laughs> he's, he's hired by other brands. He goes to different events. And it just brought the joy back to him. And so we don't know from the initial contact. But what I do know is that we had a moment that was meaningful. And that, that impact, 
that we all look for happens when we are present and having these connections rather than transactions that we don't know the impact that it has down the road years later and how that changes somebody's life. And that was just, that's just one out of the many. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's a beautiful story, and thanks for sharing that. I remember Tony Robbins always said, like, the, the, our life is determined by the moments that we have, mm-hmm. right? And everything can change in a moment. We don't realize that. Mm-hmm. But there's a potent energy in every moment. It can be good. It can be bad also. Sure, right? sure. Like an explosion can happen, and the whole city can get devastated oh, in a moment, that. right? <laughs> yeah. Or it could be good. It could be, yeah. like, uh, whatever bill passes or rule passes. Now everyone's more yes. happy, yeah. right? Like, maybe, like, tomorrow, there's a one-person down payment requirement. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like a, whatever. Things can change in a moment, and I totally resonate with your point, right? When the, whether you're in networking, you're meeting a new person, or maybe you're at a booth. Mm-hmm. The worst turnoff is when you're trying to speak to somebody, and the person is sort of looking elsewhere. Yeah, like, right? oh, okay. oh. where's my next customer going to come? <laughs> right, and they judge you. Like I used to work at Bose Corporation before, the, okay. you know, the audio brand. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you never know who's going to buy the stuff. Person is coming in their shorts and slippers. They're going to buy the right ten thousand dollar product. Sure, you can you can never say. And I, it speaks to the intention that you bring in to every conversation and every interaction because that can make the difference. Whether and maybe nobody that person doesn't buy, but that person has access to a community, yeah. and that person is gonna 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 tell you. So that also I feel is is so so important. I was going to say something, but I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Just visualizing what happens. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, what I was uh, mentioning was also that the universe, a lot of times, coming back to the same theme that I was talking about, yes, right? Yeah. It sends you people. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> to test you. Yeah. Right? And it's about whether you pass the test or you realize that or not. For example, the other day I was... I was just reading in the news, right? Because people are saying that inflation is up, recession is going to happen, mm-hmm. right? People are getting laid off. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a hard time. It's going to be hard to manage, right? All these things that um, news and media love to promote, sure. whether it's not whether it's completely accurate or not, but they love the fear that they can sometimes monger among the population, sure. right? That's how news media works. But I was thinking about that. Uh, maybe I got stuck in a loop. And then the next second, I was at a coffee shop. There's this old elderly man, right? Yeah. I think homeless maybe. Okay. But, but he comes to me and says, can you buy me a coffee? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a great opportunity, mm-hmm. right? To support him. So I went and bought him a coffee. He wanted something else. I bought him bagels and uh, I think a carrot muffin as well. And then he was feeling apologetic also. He's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I, I don't usually do this, right? Right. Because when, you, when you're when you begging or asking, it's really hard to do. It's hard to ask. Right? Yeah. And so I did it for him. And he said, God bless you. God bless you multiple times. And he went Beautiful. away. That was like the most mystical experience I've had in a while. Mm-hmm. And that was the universe's uh, teaching for me. And as long as you take care of the other person in front of you, mm-hmm. the universe is going to take care of you. Back. Mm-hmm. The, universe, the universe has got your back, so to yeah. speak. Right? So, you know, something along, you know, your story as well, that you never know what an impact that one reaction of yours can make on another person's life. Yeah, right, absolutely. So how did you discover singing balls then? When did that happen? 
Oh my goodness, singing bowls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's 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 get to the singing bowls topic because we are in this. <laughs> yes, we also want to have you hear some of the singing bowls. So, right. The <laughs> uh, singing bowls, man. Many, 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 many years ago, okay. I had yeah, I had heard, I had I had experienced a sound bath, mm-hmm. and it had all of the sounds. It had chimes and gongs and a didgeridoo and. Just everything, and I remember feeling like, "Oh, this is a different sensation. This is, this is all like resonating differently in my body." And we know now, science is showing us how water is affected by sounds, mm-hmm. and how the water holds on to that sound frequency. And since our bodies are seventy percent water, sound really does affect our bodies. Mm-hmm. And so, with this, with the singing bowls, years later. I heard the crystal tone singing bowls, and the moment I heard them, I was like, "This is my soul's expression." <laughs> <laughs> If my soul could sing right. through an element, it would be this. Right. And I remember wanting to to have my own bowls, and it was such a quick thought. It came and it went, and it was never really a, again. Like I didn't think that I mm. would ever. And then I met Colin Hillstrom, our mutual friend. So this was before you met him. Yes. Okay. And then I heard Colin Hillstrom, and he has twenty right crystal bowls, and the sound experience that you have with him and his bowls was all encompassing, so immersive. And I was like, I, I am now at a at a place again. This is like years and years later. Oh, now I'm at a place yeah. where I can have access to these samples have it additional to my practice uh there's a different elevation that's happening here i really enjoy this and so i learned through him how to understand the bowls how to okay. play them um and you know the idea of like perfect fifths and harmony and all of that and then last summer and yeah. again like i go and look at the prices of these bowls like They are investment equipment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They are therapeutic tools <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, you know, just like a surgeon and their tools or a construction mm. person with their tools. Right. These these are investment pieces. Mm-hmm. And Colin's been kind to to allow me to play his bowls, and we've held events together. Last summer, one of the distributors for Canada is in Alberta. So over the Rockies, and right. on this road trip, I knew that my destination was only about an hour away from this distributor, and so I was like, "Okay, well, it's only an hour. I'll just detour. I'll pick up my one bowl." And so it is said that when you pick your first bowl, because you're in a room full of bowls, you want to select the bowl that calls to you.、Mm. Just like when you walk into a room full of people, there'll be some that you're attracted to and some that、right. you're not. Same thing with these bowls.、Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, this is a great opportunity to be in person to select my very first bowl and start building off of that.、Mm-hmm. As I'm driving there, it was clear to me. It said, "You are leaving with three bowls." <laughs> like I'm not leaving with three bowls. <laughs> I have accounted for one. Are you sure it's not calling on the phone? <laughs> <laughs> Very well, could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I go in, and sure enough, there's a wall full of bowls,、okay. and immediately my eyes go to two of them. 
Mm-hmm. I dismissed one because it was in the window, and the woman was kind enough to say, like, no, we'll bring it to the table. And she's uh, like, let me know what other bowls. And I go, and I felt for each one, and there were seven in total that are mm-hmm. now on this table. Right. And I'm like, no, I'm only picking one. Right. And so I hear them all, and they're lovely. And I said, you know, I would love to take all seven of them home, and I'm only able to take home one. So can you help me decide mm. which one of these they would be? She's like, okay, well, let's look at pricing. She's like, just to give you an example, this very first bowl that you selected, it's a $12,000 bowl. Mm. Would you like to go home today with a $12,000 bowl? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes and no. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when you're thinking about, well, I'm only going with one, Am I going home with a $12,000 bowl? No. Mm-hmm. So that one went off the table. Yeah. And then I started going through the other ones. And then we finally narrowed it down to three. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, she says, well, if you get three, you get a bigger discount and we'll throw in this bag. And it's like, right. okay, well, it now makes sense. Why yeah. three? And these three are in harmony together. Same with the other seven, but mm-hmm. it was the three. And then when I left, it was very much, oh, I've left two of them behind. And I called up and I said, you know, what, what are the other two? How often do you hold on to them? And I said, you know what? I'm not even going to worry about it. I'll come back for them maybe like January, February sometime. Okay. And then the, the portal was opening in February. Yeah. And I had forgotten that I had made my, this promise to myself. That yeah. I'll just add a couple more bowls later on. Mm-hmm. And I call them up and... Half an hour later, there's three more bowls coming home to me. Okay. Yeah. And two of them were actually from the original seven that I had selected. So, And one of them um, is Moldavite. And if you know anything about Moldavite... Um, Isn't that for, uh, like uh, like a meteor or yes, right? a space rock, <laughs> like a green color, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's moldavite, uh, morganite, and platinum all in this one bowl, and it has been mm-hmm. incredibly powerful. Um, so if anyone is is desiring to hear what a moldavite bowl sounds like, uh, we have a recording yeah. of that available. Yeah, I've also heard that the uh, the you know the emerald tablets. Mm-hmm. I was actually made of moldavite. Is that right? Yeah, it's not Amazing. emerald. It's moldavite. It's moldavite. Wow. Yeah, they're hard. They're um, hard to find now because most of it has been already gathered and collected yeah. and used in jewelry and and for the people of the area mm-hmm. as well. Um, Interesting so story of the bulls. It's it's an amazing, intriguing, <laughs> mystical, intuitive story as well. I love this story. And since you spoke about sometimes things call to you and you got to pick it up, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know objects and crystals and that's a crystal that's that's a alchemical healing bowl right yes. isn't that what it's called them, yeah. and so it calls to you in ways that transcend words oh for sure it's just vibrations and energy and yeah. this is something that called to me when oh, i was in victoria this was like uh, four years back and i was in a place uh, called gonzalez bay okay you know gonzalez bay it's like just around the corner facing the, the Olympic mountains on the other side oh, of the beautiful. waters, right? Yeah. So I called. I got called there. It was a beautiful summer, uh, sunny afternoon. Mm. And the sun was shining on my shoulders and the water was glistening. Oh my goodness, that was nice. And I felt as if time just stopped. Yeah. It was a time dilation experience that I had. And I was called to pick up this stone, this rock. And I, f- I can almost be sure that I saw 
something like a like a whale or maybe like a dolphin mm. in the waters it was a very magical experience mm. and the fascinating thing is that this stone or this rock or whatever this is it has changed its color over the years oh yeah it's become like a dark like almost like a grayish black stone yeah. when i when i got it, it was like like brownish gray, you know light gray really yeah and it, it, the the resonance of this this is like not a crystal right but the resonance of, resonance of this over the years has increased also so i like of course it's my pocket uh, pocket piece that i carry on from time to time that's so nice yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love that yeah yeah so do you think that we can get a glimpse into how the bowls sound for Absolutely. like a minute or so yeah okay cool. yeah so these bowls um they are in harmony with one another okay and they are all in the sharp notes okay and the sharp notes on a piano keyboard would be all the black keys okay which isn't something that you normally sit down to the piano and yeah. play yeah um and what's lovely about these bowls as well is that they are all part of your endocrine system Ooh. so our endocrine system these bowls will activate them they will start to balance out your hormones and each of the bowls have their own mission and calling as well um that i won't get into because it is quite lengthy and so to hear them all together sing for you, um, I know that they'll be happy too. So if you're listening, um, have your feet find the ground in some way. Find a comfortable position to sit in. Uh, and I invite you to close your eyes. Take some deep breaths. We'll take some three deep breaths together. Inhale, breathe out, inhale again, breathe out, inhale one more time, breathe out, just enjoy.
beautiful. It was a very resonant sound. All right, so we are back, back on our seats <laughs> after experiencing an amazing, beautiful, very radiant uh, sound session, a mini sound session. Yeah, I called it a sound sprinkle. A sound sprinkle, <laughs> and uh, I could I could really feel it. And what word that came to my mind was uh, alignment, mm. because the more you do these sessions, I feel uh, it, the more the um, the sound or the vibration reminds you of what you should be doing, right? <laughs> yes, and yes, so if you're much. caught in something or a project or whatever that you're not supposed to be in, sort of aligning you and reminding you that this is what you're supposed to be doing. This is, and yeah. maybe you don't listen to those calls for some time, but ultimately you will. Yeah. Because at a certain point you're like, I should be doing this. That's, that's yeah. where my alignment lies. Right. So that's very, very interesting. And uh, so could you talk to us a little bit about the frequencies yeah. that are in these bowls and yeah. that get emitted? Yes. Um, so these bowls are 99.98% pure quartz, and then they're also infused with other gems and minerals. So like I said, there's the moldavite that has moldavite, morganite, and platinum. And each of the, there's one that's indigo, um, they all have some bizarre names, sunstone, but each of them, um, like with any crystal or mineral or gem, has its own frequency. And so when we activate them, because these are earthly materials, they are much higher in frequency than any man-made uh, substance or product. Um, so like plastic is pretty flat, but linen is high vibration. Wool is high vibration. Crystals and gems are high vibration. And so what happens to the space of frequency, if you can imagine sound waves traveling, that the more often that you have these high frequency sound waves in a space, the frequency vibration of the space or room is higher than you know, say that you're in a space that has, you know, not good vibes, right? So that's that feeling of like good vibes only really does come from being in a space that is a high vibration. You'll also find this when you're out in nature, why you feel very calm and relaxed, because the vibration of nature is very beautifully harmonious, and also neutral at a higher frequency than being in a concrete building or office that has no nature element to it whatsoever. So activating these bowls, increasing the frequency within the room, making the atmosphere a high vibration, us as a human being 70% water starts to change to the vibration. We get affected. Our bodies start to shift and change and really right down to a molecular level. Mm -hmm. And so when we when we play them, or when we play them, um, that's what you feel. You feel the resonance move and start to shift on the surface of your skin, underneath your skin, into the muscles and tissues of your body. And we only had a little sprinkling of it. So imagine yourself being in a space for half an hour, 40 minutes, an hour of pure sound that is high vibration it's going to sit with you, and it will sit with you for several days afterwards. 
Um, and it's in those spaces where the energy that is not serving you truly falls away. And so that's that alignment piece that you're talking about is that it's no longer um, the energy that's not serving us is no longer in our space to take up room. That is, that's interesting. I love quartz myself. Mm. One of my favorite uh, crystals is uh, rose quartz. Yeah. Smoky quartz. Yeah. Regular quartz. I've got crystals at my home. I feel so bad sometimes because I love to carry these crystals in my pocket, <laughs> but they're very brittle. <laughs> I feel yeah. it hurts me. And I know, oh my God, yeah. it's got cracked a little bit, right? Oh, no. But I love these crystals so much. And if I could figure out a way that would leave them intact, but at the same time allow me to hold them in my pocket. Because then mm. at a certain point, you know, you like crystals, and, but you don't want to keep them at home all the time. You want them yeah. to be with you yeah. everywhere you go because they have a transformational quality yes. the more closer they are to you. Yeah. Uh, but it's but it's interesting and thanks for that uh, mini sprinkle, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, what I wanted to ask was: uh, Are there any other practices or modalities or things that you do mm-hmm. when you're feeling a little bit low energy or maybe stressed out and you need to unwind? Yeah. What, what works for you these days? My biggest mm, tool. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it's a tool, uh, is sleep. Sleep and rest. And I'm not talking about rest just like lying, doing nothing, and maybe scrolling my phone. Rest is like full-on, eyes closed, vertical, horizontal position, rest. Uh, outside, when the weather is nice, and if you're in nice areas, for sure, be outside. Put your bare feet on the ground or put your hands on a tree or on the ground and just rest and allow your body to get back into its natural energy state. Aside from rest and good food, there may be days where you must take it slower than any other days. And um, as women start to understand their cycles more, every week there's different levels of energy as you get closer to your moon cycle pre and post. So understanding how that works with you naturally uh, will dictate how you move about in the world. And so rest, good food, uh, music is always, <laughs> always a great way to uh, move energy or uplift. Um, and sometimes, you know, listening to music that's going to make you cry, because we know that the element of water is what washes away the energy that's not serving us. So allow for the the natural element of water to move through you. And tears come in sadness, they come in grief, they also come in happiness and joy, right? And so to recognize that that this element is required to move energy and allow our bodies to be higher energetic beings, we must embrace the tears. Yeah, we must. And then to embrace the grounding, so the earthly element, the dancing for fire, right? And air, allow yourself to be in imagination, uh, and and so that airy quality and that state of imagination is areas that you can start to feel playful, that you can start to feel um, the next purpose or calling that's coming to you uh, and figure out problems that you may not, if you're too much into it, into your head in the state of imagination and relaxation, you can start to figure out what the, the solutions are. That's yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it, it translates to Ayurveda as well, right? Because some people are more mm. air element, 
Mm-hmm. Some people are more earthy. Yes. And so when you experiment with it and see what works, then you'll find a routine that makes sense for you. Yes. If you're feeling too grounded, then you need a little bit of air. Yes. <laughs> feeling too airy and all over the place, right? Maybe yeah. some anxiety as well. And you, yes. you need some grounding, like yes. hug a tree. Yes. Right? Go for a walk, you know, barefoot or walk yeah. in the sand. I think that does so many good things for you. And also with regards to sleep, um, I, love, I love siestas, you know. Having a yes, nap in the afternoon. In the afternoon. But yes. I don't do it a lot here you know, because <laughs> on my mom's side, um, they're from the western part of India, okay. southwestern, which is Mangalore, mm-hmm. and a little bit of Goa as well. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, culturally that that state, they do a lot of, you know, rest, a lot of naps, yes. similar to Portugal. Yeah, you know? very good. And I felt, when I used to go to their home, uh, we used to have lunch in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then everyone would go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> I, I, I found it weird because on my yes. dad's side, no one was like that. Right. You know? Yes, of course. So it was it was an interesting phenomenon where everyone would go to sleep, right, in the afternoon. And then they would wake up like slowly, mm-hmm. like at three o'clock. Yeah. And then the ice cream man would come. Oh, fun. You know, and he speaks to the experiences and the memories that you have from yeah. spending time with your with your grandparents, yeah. right? So that yeah. was on my grandparents on my mom's side. Oh, how nice. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. really nice. So, but whenever I have a nap, a nap, it's, uh, it's really transformative, partly because of the rest, but mm-hmm. secondly also because when you're napping, you can get directly into that dream state, right? Yes, yeah. You can skip the, skip the, the <laughs> blank, dark part when nothing happens. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I find that pretty interesting. And it doesn't have to be long either, does it? No. Like 10, 15, 20 minutes? Yeah. 20 minutes is a good amount of time. That's it, yeah. And then 40 if you want a longer one, but know that you may, you know, put your sleeping pattern yes. in jeopardy a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I know that I'm always guilty of going, okay, 20 minute nap mm. in the afternoon, it'll be great. Two hours later, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> how did that turn into two hours? Yeah. But I don't get mad at myself for it mm-hmm. because clearly that's what my body needed at the time. Yep. That's what it needed to to rest. That's that's true. That's true. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have, uh, right, on the spiritual journey, we ask ourselves these questions from time to time. Some are more mundane and regular, like what am I going to eat for breakfast? Mm-hmm. And some of them are more deeply esoteric sure. and existential, right? Yes, yes. And I think three of the most profound questions that they found that one could ask okay. is, where was I before this? Yeah. What is my purpose here on earth? Yeah. And what's going to happen after that? Right. Right. So have you asked, I'm sure you've asked oh, yourself these questions. Yeah. What according to you happens after, after death? I, I, <laughs> I know we spoke question. that, you know, towards the end, we're going to get into the, <laughs> you know, the more esoteric, Tune in for next session. The weird part. <laughs> no, this isn't, this isn't weird. Right. Um, you know, it's interesting that as a society that we don't talk about death at all and when my father had passed away and I was there with my grandparents when they had passed um, and on their way to passing and I thought it was interesting that that we would grieve but no one would talk about well what's happening what's going on what what is it that you are feeling I feel and I and I know that um, you know we're we're spirit bodies we're energy that's moving through this entire universe and we just happen to land here on this planet for for doing what we need to do for the universe 
of what's going on here. And it always surprises me and puts me back into reality when we look at how small we are on the planet Earth and then compare that to the other planets, compare that to our un- to the galaxy and then our universe and then the expansiveness of it all. And so I know that we're not designed to just be here and here alone. Like we are energy beings moving about the universe and through different realms. And I'm sure even here on this earth, we don't have the senses or tools to be able to see or feel the other things that are going on around us as we are sitting here. Yeah, that's true. Some people say that uh, there are multiple parallel universes uh, happening at the same time in the same place. Yeah. Right. And uh, when you think about that, it really opens up a lot for you. I think understanding or at least attempting to understand the universe can oftentimes be a very, can give you a lot of perspective mm-hmm. and is also a humbling experience. Absolutely. To realize, the, firstly, how little we know. Yep. And secondly, like you put it, um, how little we are. Yeah. Because like I, I, I've done a little bit of study and they say that 96% of the universe is dark energy and dark matter. And the known universe is just 0.001% around that much. Right. So that's the known universe. That's everything that we can see right and that's only based on our human skills that we have now to build the equipment to help us see that and understand that right so we're so very limited um and so when we go beyond the limitation right and start to open our minds to what is possible in other things then yeah, there's there's an infinite amount that's ever expanding, and I love, I love what you had said about the multiple universes or realities happening at the same time, because often, and I think as we become more aware of ourself and the world that we're in and what's happening around us, things like deja vu, and how deja vu happens. She was like, I've lived this already before, right? Like this isn't just a weird coincidence, or when we meet people, right? That's the other one where it's like I. I know you, like I know you, we have met someplace else before, right? And how exciting that is when people come into our lives and it's like, okay, what is our purpose here together? Because obviously we have a mission of some sort and we can only assume that the mission is of greatest and highest degree of importance, right? At least that's where I'm coming from when I meet people. I see them at their highest and brightest. There's no reason for me not to think so. Right, I trust that the the humans that come into my world are were meant to be connected in some way. So I'm grateful for that, and I'm grateful for have met you, and I'm curious as well to know like what where what is this in our journey of life, right? Yeah, in this lifetime and others, both past, present, and future. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, I think the reason partly is at least that as individuals, we can make so many decisions, right? Yeah. The world is full of decisions. But the fact that we made certain decisions that led to certain decisions that led to certain encounters and interactions that Mm -hmm. ultimately led to person meeting Mm -hmm. shows that there is a lot of intention behind that. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like there's a lot of free will in this this universe. Absolutely. And based on the free will, you get somewhere. And uh, ultimately, there is free will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the other thing, I, if I don't mind yes, sharing just really quickly, yeah. is, you know, you had talked about making that decision. We have infinite amount of decision-making possibility. And what is interesting is that sometimes we forget if the decisions we make don't happen like this yeah. for us, yeah. it's because there's so many other decisions that are yet to be made mm-hmm. 
by other things happening in the universe for it to align and come into perfect synchronicity for your decision to fulfill itself. And so don't get too hard stuck on going back to entrepreneurship a little bit. Like when you make a decision and it doesn't happen right away or anything that happens in life, just know that there are other people and other things that need to be decided upon before that next uh, flow of energy for you can continue to move. Right. Do you know about Vedanta? No. Vedanta is like one of the philosophies of Hinduism. Okay. Or Sanatana Dharma, which is the yes. actual name for the for the okay. for the you know for the umbrella term. Uh, but Vedanta for me is a beautiful philosophy based on inquiry. Okay. Aligned with science, by the way. Yes. That uh, encourages you to understand the true nature of self. Mm. And what Vedanta says is that the only thing that is in control is your action. Mm. That's what it says. It's nothing else is in control. Now, the, because there are so many different factors sure. that can determine the ultimate outcome. And sometimes, because you have that burden of mm. not being in control, mm. that makes you hesitate to take action in the first place. Okay. Right? And so Krishna, yeah. what he said on the battlefield to Arjuna is like, you know what? Be steadfast in your taking action. Mm. Because even if you don't manifest the results... Right. You can at least be proud of what you did. Excellent. And that's what you should be. You should not be attached to the outcome anyway. Yes. Uh, and so I guess from entrepreneurship, yes, we need to have the analytics and the data. and You need to be prepared in all sense, but sure. then be ready for, like you pointed out, yeah. the other decisions do not be made, right? <laughs> and I think that can be a little bit uh, relieving sometimes. It can take the burden off your shoulders. Beautiful. You feel better about yourself. Yeah. Right, right, right. I love that. Have you ever had any weird, spooky or out-of-the-world experience or encounters. Yes. Because this is a platform. This is, uh, you know, uh, an area. You can call it my little corner of the internet. <laughs> where, so fun. Where you, yeah. can, where you can, you know, have those uh, or share those experiences. Yeah. Um, I, haven't, I haven't experienced uh, like a visual form Mm-hmm. physically that i can see yeah but certainly there are um energy pockets that i can feel and we've experienced it in sound space portal which i'll i'll show you a little bit later on but inside of that portal when you walk in you can feel the warmth and the nourishing uh within it not exactly sure what it is I do. I know that it's it's a lot of love yeah. and a lot of sacred and prayer that goes into that space and it's held and felt that way. Um, and on the other side of that, like you can feel when something doesn't feel right, when a person feels absolutely wrong, when the prompting is like, nope, do not go there. Um, and then in this space, in the nest, uh, quite often people who have come here for the first time who may be intuitive or may be feeling like there's something that's happening here will often point to that area of the of our studio and go there's a portal of something going on here right. can feel that there mm-hmm. or if we're having conversation we've I've had lots of conversation with um around ancestors 
And so one of the conversations started off like this. And as we started talking, slowly moved from here to here and we got really into depth. And afterwards, when we were closing up, it was like, I don't know about you, but did it feel like because we were talking about our ancestors that we sat far apart so our ancestors can come and sit with us in this conversation? And it was very much like, oh, yeah, I did. I did feel that. I did feel the space was being held with our other loves and our other beloveds and our ancestors that have come here before us. So I know that it's happening on a regular basis. I know that I can feel it. I know that other people feel it as well. We just don't talk about it and share about it as often as we would like. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I think um, ancestors definitely have a profound impact on us. Mm -hmm. And depending on how open we are to receiving those messages, we can uh, you know, receive them mm -hmm. in ways that we can't even fathom. It yeah. might not be just a whisper in our ear. Yeah. yeah, it might that be something too. else. Right? It might be yeah. a feather on the road. Whatever that might be. Yeah. My mom came through me last year. Yeah, uh, I've told this to my audience a lot of times. Okay, but there was a very mystical experience and something that really uh, assured me about the journey that happens mm. beyond the physical realm. Right. And so I was. I was on the street. It was dark, and I was walking across the street. And at that point, I, I uh, you know. Um, communicated with my mom intuitively and I said that if you can hear this voice if you can hear me and if you're here right now yeah. and send me some kind of message you know nice. send me some download or something that lets me know that you're able to hear my voice or at least receive my communication and you won't believe it the next second I believe it when I looked to the right I saw a board and that board you know what it says it said uh, it said mother oh my gosh and it said mother India <laughs> to be specific, right? Yes, so that there was right. no any confusion yes. involved. Yes. And uh, so that in a way really, um, you know, provided me a lot of assurance. Beautiful. Not just to listen to my own voice, yeah. but to listen to other people's voice as well. Yes. When they're sharing their stories, yes. which might come across as unbelievable, unimaginable, yes. unworldly, out of this world, yeah. whatever that might be, yeah. right? It's all about giving everyone an ex you know, an, a, a platform to express themselves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. you for doing that because, you know, we do need to be able to talk about yeah. death yeah. as it's happening and uh, the experiences of magic that happen outside of that. Yeah. Right. And not to feel like, did I, did I see that? Am I crazy? Is that weird? Yeah, right? exactly. Like, right? No, it's not. It's yeah. beautiful. Embrace it. Let's, mm -hmm. how did you feel? Yeah. Right. And to express these emotions, these pieces of energy that are within us. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So Action Tribe, if you have your own personal story, if you'd like to share something, make sure that you reach out to me or make sure if you're watching this on social or something like that, make sure you comment below because we definitely want to hear your story and we believe you because I know all over the world there are people that are sort of awakening or reali realizing these things that mm -hmm. they've always had. And you know this fascinating thing that if we have some mystical encounter or this magical encounter, if the people around us are not of the same belief or shut us down or tell us that it's not true, yeah. our brain will erase that memory. Or at least it's going to right keep yeah. it in some nook and cranny, right? And right. then sometimes, uh, you know, these experiences bring that back up, mm -hmm. like maybe a sound healing journey or breathwork mm -hmm. journey. Like, oh, I had that experience, but I forgot about it. Right. Because of social and societal pressures. Yeah. 
So that is that is fascinating. Now, as an entrepreneur, going back to your journey of entrepreneurship, yes, uh, what is one mindset principle that you always keep in mind when it comes to solving or navigating problems? Such a great question. Because mm. I know you know through your conversations, you mm. come across as a person um, that at least has some personal philosophy or you know decision making criteria okay intuitively large yeah, yeah, partly yeah yeah but then what that what is that <laughs> <laughs> what is that and how do we get that yeah yeah where yeah. did that come from mm. Mm. i think this is going back to my childhood again mm-hmm. um you know uh, so what comes to mind who has shaped who i am largely because of that is through martial arts that for 10 years, three or four times a week, two to three hours uh, every time is practicing martial arts. And I have a black belt in in, uh, karate. And through the process of of training in martial arts, yes, some of it was repetitive, but I learned to build strength, discipline, compassion. It's a hard and soft style, so you learned how to be hard and how to be soft. We used elements through our practice. So again, like, how do we move like water? How do we move like air? And then, um, you know, the philosophies around martial arts. uh, And I think that's something that's really sweet about a martial arts community is that, yes, they might be out sparring, but there's a level of respect, compassion, and gratitude um, for the people that we are with. and so I'm, I'm smiling because I'm like, oh, wow, all of these things that I learned as a, as a kid now being a part of who I am. And I, there's a time that I had gone into my very first uh, karate tournaments and I was sparring. I must have been about 12 years old. And in my age category, it was all boys. And even now there's very few women in martial arts and back then even less so here I am a girl amongst 12 year old boys I'm a small little thing and I remember one of the things was the visualization when you punch you're not punching just to the skin you're punching through a person's body right and so when you kick you're kicking all the way through not just to the target right and so in my very first physical tournament of sparring, I'm up against a boy. I remember none of the boys looking at me and going up. And the boy that I'm sparring against, he's like huge, he's stronger, he's bigger than me, and he wouldn't hit me. And I remember getting frustrated that I, you can hit me. Like, I, I've been training, I can defend myself, hit me. So he doesn't, and I hit him, and then we get a little bit of a spar going on. And I remember throwing a kick and knocking the wind out of him. And he fell to the ground and crumbled. Now, immediately in martial arts, you have to turn around and kneel to give space to your opponent so that they can recover. His sensei came over. And I remember that sensation in the kick and landing the kick and knowing that it went through his body and then watching him fall to the ground was like, wow, I am much more stronger than I think that I am. And this is at a very young and impressionable age, right? And so I've kept that sensation of knowing how to, 
I've trained, I have the skills, I have the strength, I have the ability, I can visualize the outcome and it coming through. And it's happened over and over again, so much so that I don't even think about it. So when you ask me that mm, question, <laughs> right. it's, it's hard to imagine that, that that hadn't been me. It's always been me. So right. that strength, compassion, gratitude, courage, uh, knowing, <laughs> trust, yeah. right? It's, it's, all, it's all there. Yeah, it's so interesting that the experiences that we have as children get into our muscle memory mm -hmm. and then at a certain point you remember it as, as an adult depending on what you're doing in life those experiences come as skills to you mm -hmm. intuitively like for example when i was a child in school we had compulsory yoga okay. we had it for multiple years and i remember the favorite part of mine was the shavasana at the end <laughs> yes and i still remember you know like my con my awareness i won't say consciousness but my awareness going to different parts of my body Mm. And I was fascinated by that possibility. Uh, I'm able to project my awareness right. to different parts of my body. Yes. And so that muscle memory triggered for me later on in life. Okay. When I went down the route of starting a podcast and getting into meditation right. and breath work and energy healing. Right. Because there was some kind of yearning that I had to find the answers mm. to the experience that I had. Mm -hmm. Mainly because maybe I was... I couldn't just speak to my yoga teacher and set up a mic in front. Come on, let's of course. let's talk about it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, how do you? I mean, you know, uh, continuing our conversation. How do you personally connect with abundance? What's your what's your relationship to it? I think it goes back to recognizing how big and massive the universe is, right? Like how the abundance is there it's abundance for for everyone and i'm open to it um even the idea of of thinking of limitation and putting the limitation on anything like that just blows my mind like why why would you cap it right some of the the restriction comes from an external right that i have no control over but in terms of abundance and abundance mindsets uh understanding that there's abundance everywhere for everyone um it, to me it's all possible maybe that's like the galactic component of myself yeah, knowing yeah, that yeah. the yeah. universe is ever expanding yeah right like yeah yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, we can tap into it do you have you ever thought like i know different people have had different realizations and some people have this um feeling Mm -hmm. that they are not from earth and they are from a distant uh, mm -hmm. galaxy or they are like a different being so mm -hmm. to speak have you ever had those yeah. thoughts yeah. What, what 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 did you realize i i didn't realize it at the time but when in my meditation practice and again this goes back decades mm -hmm. is um like once I'm rooted and grounded here my mind goes expansive out yeah. words right yeah uh, and like the relationship to our humanness, I can see it and know it and I can experience it and I can witness it in others. Mm -hmm. Um, and yet it still felt very different within me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then as I do more samples and explore deeper into other, uh, levels of consciousness, um, some of the promptings and reminding me of where I've been and having other 
uh, individuals who may be psychic or tapped into other realms yeah. uh, confirm that back to me and go, mm-hmm. oh, you're from you know this dimension, you served on this council, and this is... Right. You know, and, and to hear it and feel it and know it back mm-hmm. in a comparison of like the human experience of like feeling, knowing, and seeing. Right? Yeah. Like when you're tapped into that understanding of your own physicalness here, Mm-hmm. And then you go and travel yeah. through dream state or otherwise meditative states. Yeah, uh, these other um, depths of consciousness come and remind you of who you are and where you're from, and mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily all of the things that you're meant to do here, because our human is still kind of like, whoa, mm-hmm. <laughs> wait, yeah. you want me to do what? Yeah, uh, change the world? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll just be over here in this pocket of the universe. But yeah, yeah, certainly. Interesting, because when I was a child, I used to oftentimes look at the look at the sky yeah. at night, yeah. and I would feel very connected to three stars. Okay, you know the three stars that are in a line. I think yeah. that's Sirius. Yeah, and so I would feel this yearning, this calling, that somehow, some way, I'm connected to those stars in some way. Maybe I'm from that, or maybe I need to go back to that place, right? Right. And recently, actually a year back, I had an interview with a with somebody who then said that there's a species mm-hmm. uh, of beings that are sort of wolf slash humanoid okay. that are from there. Okay. And my pet name for myself when I was a kid yeah. was Night Wolf. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she was like, that makes sense. You're that, from the wolf yes, clan. Yes, there right? you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very so that's cool. interesting how these things happen. Um, so what lies ahead for you in 2022? That's when we're recording this podcast, by the way. 2022 there's only like six months left of this year which is so bizarre to me yeah um you know a lot of it is is uh getting this brand back on on board with tegalon and almost really we're in our eighth year we're we're really just going to be wrapping it up and slowly allowing it to complete its season um so you know, if you're looking for apparel, <laughs> we have all of our apparel here, um, some dead stock. And so that will happen between now and the end of the year. But the more exciting part is with Sound Space Portal and playing our sound sound baths. Um, I'm available for, for public group sound baths, private group sound baths. Uh, sound Space, the portal itself will open up again in September where we'll have regular offerings Generally, they're Friday evenings because it's cold and it's dark and it's rainy and you're kind of tired. You don't want to be at home because we've been at home since four. It's dark, uh, but you want something to do. And so um, offering sound baths in the evening for rest and relaxation. And then also, um, you know, going into corporate settings. So if you have an office or a head office or a corporation, I'm happy to come into space and set up a sound bath experience for you and your staff. And what that does is not only allows your staff to stay focused and meditative, but when you are immersed with a team, it brings you into another quantum entanglement of mindset and being an energy frequency that's already uplifted and elevated. So if you're a creative or if you are um, needing to work in a strategic way, but with an open mind, this is a great way to provide wellness to your team and to your staff on a corporate level to have them uh, performing well or performing at a high function or a high frequency. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. 
We've got a lot of people listening from the USA okay. as well as around the world. But yeah. we do have our group of listeners who are from British Columbia and in particular Vancouver. Fantastic. So shout out to all of y'all. Yeah. How can somebody learn more about you? Uh, you can find me on our inst- my Instagram or website, henriettadivine.com, soundspaceportal.com. You'll find more information on us there and, again, on all our social channels. Um, yeah, we're, I'm just excited to play these crystal tone sound bowls and have more people hearing them. Mm-hmm. And we do offer them over Zoom as well. So for our U.S. customers, I wasn't sure exactly how that would land going yeah. through sounds, but sound especially through these types of alchemy therapeutic bowls it will go where it needs to go and you will receive exactly what it is that you need to receive uh, from a sound bath Um, so it's much more intensified than just a recreational sound bath you're receiving something that's much more transformative um, yeah and integrative into your wellness practice Great, great, great stuff. We'll have the link definitely up in the show notes. Action Tribe, if you enjoyed this particular episode, if you want to support us in, (laughs) you know, spreading the word, then make sure that you write us an iTunes rating and review and make sure you write it on iTunes and even Spotify if if that's a platform that you listen to more on. And most importantly, let your friends and family know about this podcast. Because in most episodes, maybe one odd episode, we might, you know, mark it as, you know, explicit or whatever. But for most episodes, they're catering to the entire family, right? Children, grandfather, grandmother, and in between. Uh, But that's our intention. And if you want to join me for a breath work journey Mm -hmm. from anywhere in the world, from the comfort of your home, on Zoom, and with a pair of headphones, then make sure that you join us Sunday morning, 8.30 a.m. Pacific, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Go to my7chakras.com forward slash drop in. That's my7chakras.com. Uh, seven is a word, my7chakras.com forward slash drop in. And if this is your first time, use code HEAL2022 for your first drop in for free. I like doing these sessions, but more importantly, I love to meet and interact and connect with our listeners from around the world. And if somebody says, AJ, I've been listening to your podcast for the last five years and I love how you changed. I love listening to those messages. So join me on Zoom, my7chakras.com forward slash drop in. So Henrietta, thank you so much for coming on our show, sharing your story, talking about your belief systems, your experiences and all the things that you shared so far, especially (laughs) the sound, which I enjoyed listening. Um, It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate (laughs) the questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also, most importantly, for taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Mm, Amazing. We do it through love. Exactly. I love being here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to My Seven Chakras at my That is my S E V E N chakras.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.